You're listening to the MMA Crave. Here's your host and my favorite son, Joe McHale. Thanks, Dad. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the MMA Crave. Today is Monday, February 11th, 2018, and I'm your host, Joe McHale, and we've made it to double digits, folks. This is episode 10 of the MMA Crave, and I will say I have not been as consistent as I would have liked to. Uh, Some ups, some downs, but mostly I've been having a really good time, so let's keep it continuing here. Episode 10 We are recording from Spokane, Washington, a little cold outside, lots of snow outside. I probably spent about, oh, two hours of my day today shoveling snow from the sidewalk, from the steps, the porch, around my vehicle. What a mess it is out there. Uh, But that's, I guess, what comes with living in the Pacific Northwest. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, a little bit shorter. I do not have a guest of today's episode, despite uh, my efforts. But uh, nonetheless, we still are going to be recapping UFC 234. I've gotten all new matchups to make, as well as uh, on this day in MMA history. So uh, buckle in. It's going to be uh, a little bit different format, but still going to be... Uh, a show here, just a little bit shorter. So let's get right into this, and I'm going to recap. UFC 234, of course, was just this Saturday night in Melbourne, Australia, and there's really one word that I really am using to describe UFC 234, and that is disappointed. Disappointed uh, for the the fans, uh, those uh, who, who bought the pay-per-view, and, and especially those in Australia, of course, uh, by now you know that the main event was scrapped, the middleweight title between Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum due to uh, a really serious injury, but yeah, I feel, I'm disappointed, disappointed for the fans, I'm disappointed for Kelvin Gastelum, you know, who did what y- you do, and you, you train for eight weeks, you then make weight, you expect to fight only to have your chance to become a world champion, something I'm sure he's dreamed of ever since he was a kid, and only have that taken from you. But most most importantly, I say that I am disappointed uh, for Robert Whitaker. Um, he had a serious injury. Um, and thankfully, we know that he was taken to a nearby hospital in Australia and is recovering uh, and did have uh, an update, which we're going to play part of that for you. Uh, gave an update on his health after his uh, surgery on Instagram, uh, and we will play some of that for you here in just a second. But yeah, I just want to say uh, that I feel horrible for Robert Whitaker, as you know. This happened roughly a year ago, a different injury, but same sort of scenario. It was a title fight. It was supposed to be against Luke Rockhold at UFC 221, uh, and it was supposed to be in Perth in Australia. Really, Whitaker is the fighting pride of that entire continent. People love him. That show sold out in 14 minutes. Uh, I mean, I just feel horrible, Uh, horrible for the situation. What an awful injury it was. Um, and just hope for a speedy recovery. So uh, he did take to Instagram, I believe it was yesterday, to give the fans uh, uh, an update on his health. So here is a quick uh, snippet from that Instagram post. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Rob here. Sort of give you guys an update on how I'm doing. um, I'm still in the hospital. I uh, I had to get emergency surgery on Sunday uh, because I had a collapsed bowel and an internal hernia that were causing me all sorts of problems. Um, let me say that I'm, I'm sorry for all my friends and family and fans that came out to watch 
and what, to watch me perform. But unfortunately, I couldn't be there. I, uh, yeah, I tried my best to, to, to try and swing it. And I was fighting the doctors the whole way up until until they said, you have to get surgery or you're going to lose part of your bowel, you know, or it could be potentially fatal. So, um, yeah, you know, I had, I had to look at... Had to look at my health first. I'm sorry, guys. Once again, it's good to hear that he is in good spirits and that he says he is going to be back better than ever. Um, but you just hope for a speedy recovery. Um, again, second time this has happened uh, in in a year, and you just feel awful for the guy. So, um, yeah. And, and before anyone, you know, if anyone wants to point fingers or have an issue and you know say, "Oh, just move on," he should he should give the title up. Um, you know, this was an injury that that could have he could have died had he had taken the fight on Saturday night uh, and gotten hit in the right spot. This is something that could have healed, uh, killed him. So a great job by his by his team uh, to recognize that there was something going on. for The, the pain, obviously, they didn't really need to recognize anything. It was pretty obvious. But for the team to, to, to be good teammates, to take him to the UFC doctors, and then to get him to the hospital, just a, a good job by everyone involved. Of course, the most important thing for, for these fighters is their health, their safety. And while it's a bummer we didn't get to see him defend his title in his home country, on Saturday night, um, you know, he's okay and he's recovering, and that's what's most important. But it does bring up uh, what is next for the middleweight division. Uh, we don't have a timeline for when Whitaker is supposed to return. President of the UFC, Dana White, initially said it could take as little as four weeks to recover from an injury like this, uh, but other statements out there have said it could be a lot longer. So we just don't know a timeline uh, for when he is going to return, so it's kind of putting that division on hold for a little bit, but that doesn't mean there's a lot to talk about with the middleweight division. First, obviously, if indeed Robert Whitaker is able to make a speedy and a healthy recovery, uh, it only makes sense for Kelvin Gastelum to get a crack at that belt, uh, the belt that he was holding around his shoulder Saturday night, mind you, but we won't get into that, but... Um, he does uh, deserve, obviously, he was there, he made weight, uh, you know, he, he had some interviews on, um, on the post-fight show uh, regarding that he's the real champ now because he showed up, he made weight, um, the, his opponent forfeited, so therefore that declares him the champ. Now, I don't necessarily agree with, with Kelvin Gastelum on that, but I do agree that he is next in line, and if Whitaker is able to make a fast recovery, he should be the first to get a crack at him, and hopefully it is in Australia, but uh, we will see. That's a long way for Gastelum to travel, only to stand in this crowd uh, and watch the fights on Saturday night. If Whitaker is unable to return anytime soon, if this is something that takes a lot longer to recover from, uh, the only thing that I think makes sense is to have an interim title for the welter, or excuse me, the middleweight rather title. And I think that that would, of course, again, involve Kelvin Gastelum. And, uh, you know, you have a couple other people at play here, right? You have Israel Adesanya, who is successful and remained undefeated and undefeated in the UFC with his win against Anderson Silva. Paulo Costa, as well as Chris Weidman, are all uh, fighters there on that roster in that division that could make sense for uh, an interim matchup against Gastelum. For me, only one person of those three makes sense, and that is the style bender, Israel Adesanya. Adesanya is on a tear. He has fought five times. He fought five times in just 364 days, and he won all five 
of those fights. He is the hype. He is the one everyone is talking about. He is the one who has remained active and continues to win and put on a show every time he does it. Uh, Chris Weidman, uh, he is the last person to beat Kelvin Gastelum, but in his last five fights, he is 1-4, in four, including a loss to Ronaldo Souza just last uh, November, a few months ago. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know if he makes a whole lot of sense to fight to fight uh, Kelvin Gastelum. You know, both um, he as well as Paulo Costa were throwing shade, as the young kids like to say it, throwing shade at Israel Adesanya on the interwebs uh, over the weekend. And, of course, uh, not a lot of people uh, are able to uh, have comebacks as as slick as the style bender. Um, and he reminds me of a you know a, a Conor McGregor in that he's a Chael son and he's just so good behind the mic. He's so good behind the keyboard, um, and that's why I think he's a star. Uh, he was a quickly rising star in the UFC, and I think that he would deserve a crack at an interim belt if there indeed is going to be an interim belt. Uh, before we get to matchups to make, as well as this day on MMA history, I do want to take time to just briefly touch on the, uh, speaking of Adesanya, the Israel Adesanya versus Anderson Silva fight, which became the main event on Saturday night after uh, Whitaker and Gaslam was canceled due to that gruesome injury. Um, I'll say this about that fight. I enjoyed every second of it. I was highly entertained. I wanted two more rounds. It was super fun. But with that being said, it wasn't that great of a fight. Um, it seemed like Adesanya respected Anderson Silva a little too much. Um, you know, there was a lot of gimmicks going on in there. Gimmicks I loved, by the way, but there was a lot of gimmicks. You know, I thought it was hilarious when Silva checked on the fence or the cage uh, to make sure it was okay. I thought it was uh, awesome when, you know, Stylebender is just, you know, standing and he's got Silva against the cage and Silva's asking him to come on, bring it on, but uh, Adesanya is not moving at all. He's not trying to play into that game. We know Silva's a great counter-striker. And then, of course, Sonya, Adesanya with the wide stance, extending the arm and, you know, doing the Bruce Lee. Come on, let's do this thing. Again, super entertaining. Loved it uh, from an entertainment standpoint. I enjoyed every 15 minutes of that fight and wish it would have been another 10 minutes long. Uh, but it wasn't, and that's okay. But the fight itself was, eh. I mean, Adesanya landed 20 or something strikes each round. Uh, Silva matched him in the second and only landed a few in the first and the third. So, you know, from a fighting standpoint... It just wasn't that good. It was the moment, right? It was the old school versus the new school. It was the passing of the torch. Uh, it was, you know, a rising star versus a legend of this sport. Um, and so it was more of a moment thing for me. That To see that and witness that is something that I'm so happy I got to do. But from a, a, a fight itself, it just wasn't that great. So that's my take on that. Uh, let's get to some matchups to make. Now, here are Joe's matchups to make. Well, we were just talking about him, and with a win over Anderson Silva on Saturday night, uh, I think that if Whitaker is unable to defend his title due to the injury, uh, my matchup to make would be Adesanya versus Kelvin Gastelum. I just gave you the reasons why, so if you're just now jumping in on this, uh, for whatever reason, if you skip forward, just go back about five minutes 
three minutes, and you'll hear my take on that. Again, Adesanya has five wins since February 11th, 2018. Uh, That is 364, 363 some odd days. Uh, Those wins include uh, wins over Brad Tavares, Derek Brunson, and once again, the spider, Anderson Silva. Meanwhile, Kelvin Gastelum is 4-1-1 in his last six fights with wins over Ronaldo Souza, Michael Bisping. He had a no contest against Vitor Belfort and lost to Chris Weidman, but again, is the next in line for the title. Um, one other matchup to make, I'd like to note from uh, this most recent weekend, Ricky Simone, who, just taking a second, want to say that Ricky Simone versus Rani Yahya, to me, was the fight of the night. I loved it. It was it was uh, a lot of action, both on the feet and on the ground, uh, back and forth at times. Yahya had clipped Simon, Simone at some point, uh, but very dominant performance by uh, the, the Washington native, uh, Ricky Simone. And, you know, he said in the press, in the post-fight press conference that he was disappointed in his performance. I don't really know why. Maybe he, he wanted to finish him, you know, sooner, but uh, wow, what a performance for him. And he he uh, had said uh, after the fight that he wanted to fight uh, a top 10 guy. He's now 3-0 and in the UFC. He's on an eight-fight win streak. He's 15-1 and overall. And I say, why not? Ronnie Yaya was ranked 15th going into that fight. So I would say give him a top 10 guy. The question is who? Um, John Dotson came to mind first. Uh, but he has a fight booked. Pedro Munoz also came to mind. He's got a fight booked, of course, against Cody Garbrandt, UFC 235. And so I went just straight to number 10 on the UFC roster, Rob Font. I think Rob Font, uh, who has had some good moments inside the octagon, uh, some ups and downs here and there, but a long, long time inside the UFC on that roster. So it makes a lot of sense for me to have those two go at it. I'm not sure for what card yet. Uh, but I would like to see that. Ricky Simone versus Rob Font. Uh, and then a quick note. Uh, you remember last week on the show, I mentioned one of the matchups to make I would have liked to see was Joseph Benavidez versus Henry Cejudo. You may have noticed during the broadcast on Saturday night that their camera went to Benavides and Cejudo, who were sitting side by side, doing a little mock face-off there. Is that things to come? I don't know. I'd like to see it. I'm just saying I'd like to see it, but we'll see. That's it for my matchups to make this week. Let's move on and go back in time. Let's take a ride in the DeLorean. It's time for On This Day in MMA History. On this day in MMA history, let's just keep the theme going with Israel Adesanya, right? One year ago today, February 11th, 2018, the Stylebender made his UFC debut. There was a lot of hype then, and I think we can all agree the hype was real. Adesanya has gone 5-0 and since that span. Uh, on February 11th, 2018, uh, he did get a TKO in the second round over Rob Wilkinson. That started that five-fight win streak. He also has wins over who I've mentioned already, Brad Tavares, Derek Brunson, and now Anderson Silva. So... The hype was real, folks. If you didn't buy it into it then, I hope you're buying into it now. Also on this day in MMA history, we'll go back to February 11th, 2006. Rory McDonald won his second pro fight. It was at King of the Cage in Canada. Since then, uh, obviously, Rory McDonald has put together a career, uh, one of the best ever to fight in the welterweight division anywhere in any um, promotion on the planet. Uh, after his second um, 
win as a pro, which was, uh, again, back in 2006 after submitting uh, Ken Tran. Uh, he won 13 of his next 15 fights. McDonald would lose during that time span to Carlos Condit and Robbie Lawler. Of course, we all know that uh, McDonald would get a second chance, a second crack, if you will, uh, against Robbie Lawler, in which was one of the best fights ever in the history of the UFC. That was a title fight for the world welterweight title, a fight that uh, McDonald uh, did lose. But don't worry, McDonald would get over to the ranks of Bellator, where he would become eventually a champion in the welterweight division with a win over uh, Douglas Lima. So what a story career he's had. And what a career Adesanya is starting to have. So that's it for the show this week. Like I said, a little bit shorter. Sorry I couldn't get you a guest this time, but I've decided with the way my personal life is going with some of my scheduling, I am able to get behind the mic. No excuses. I should be able to get back, make this a weekly thing. So, uh, But hey, it was a shorter episode, but all that means is you can be done with me and you can listen to some other uh, shows you like or podcasts uh, you may like. So I cut it short for you this week, but I will say this once again. Hoping for a healthy recovery, a speedy recovery for Robert Whitaker. We'll see what happens next in the middleweight division. Uh, and as always, um, it'd be awesome if, if you like this show, if you've been enjoying it, you can find it on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. Do me a favor. If you liked it, if you like what you heard, go ahead and uh, subscribe. Also, go ahead and leave a review. That's how I learn. Uh, I like feedback. I like um, uh, critique. And I like to hear where I could get better and where I'm already doing good. So leave me a review. Subscribe to me. That'd be awesome. And I'd love to interact with uh, all those who listen. You can connect with me on uh, what I use mostly is Twitter, which is just at Joe McHale. No, not Joel McHale. He is not my cousin. I'm not related. Uh, but we have very similar names. Just drop the L. It's at Joe McHale. Also, you can find me, uh, Joe McHale, on Instagram. So two ways of my primary communication. So thanks for, for, for taking the you know 15 or so minutes that you did today. Um, thanks for listening wherever you may listen from. Hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, I'll be back soon. Thank you.